You'll laugh, you'll cry, and then you will reach for the nearest dull razor or butter knife on your property and attempt to gouge your eyeballs out. Good. Merry Christmas. Nearly. Sort of. Welcome to episode 20... Fuck, I didn't check what the episode title was. 27, I think? 27. 20, 27, fantastic. Of the Unusual Suspects podcast. We are one episode away from our Christmas special, but before that, we're still going to talk about Christmas things today. And I'm joined by uh, 1,200 word page review of Santa with Muscles, Andy. Specifically, it was 1,112. You happy Hello, with... Hello, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you happy with yourself with that? Like, that's probably more words you've written since Drive? I think that's the most words. He doesn't write that many words for Punktastic, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Yeah, I don't write that many for Punktastic, but I will say that's the shortest review I've written for a long time. <laughs> most Fair of enough. them are well over 1,500 words. And also joined is the nation's favourite penny. Hi! So, today was a bit of a difficult one because um, obviously pandemic happened and films kind of became a little bit non-existent for us in the film podcast for this year especially. But since it's the end of the year and since we can't come up with any content to come up with the end of the year, we're going with our top (laughs) favourite films of 2020, guys. Kind of. Kinda with an asterisk that they're we haven't seen everything disclaimer. So if your film is not in this list, we're apologise. Some of us hasn't really seen anything. S- yeah, some of us barely knew twenty twenty was going on at this point. I think nearly all three of us at this point, uh, as Andy likes to say, some of us work. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I worked this week. <laughs> so we didn't have a chance. Not a day off since January. All right. Yes, you have. Yeah, you Shut have. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I've been busy. Remember that week-long booze you had with McDonald's and pizzas? <laughs> was it your birthday? <laughs> we went camping. Uh, yeah, it was also last week. <laughs> oh, and also last week. <laughs> I had a week off a couple of weeks ago. I spent my whole time off editing because Penny can be asked. I was actually working. I was making fancy advent calendars. It was Ooh, hard fancy work. advent calendars. It was really hard work. Not going to lie. <laughs> Don't you dare diss the fancy advent calendars community. You can't afford one. <laughs> They're like a hundred pound an advent calendar. Is that it? Is it the ones with There's chocolate? There's no booze in it? in it, Andy. It's just chocolate. Mm. Really expensive chocolate that looks like perfume bottle. Yeah, and small chocolate as well. And small. Not even that tasty either. Oh, I don't know. There's one. I can't remember. Pierre, somebody, his chocolate. Pierre, send me some chocolates. They're really good. <laughs> if you'd like to Pierre... sponsor us, uh, Pierre, uh, <laughs> I think it was on Marcleone, <laughs> somebody who makes fancy little chocolates. I ate two on the way home. They were good. Excellent. Excellent story. Someone's advent calendar is missing two chocolates because Penny snuck no. them out. <laughs> we had We had some um, breakages. It's just an IOU in it instead. <laughs> IOU. One, I just swapped them out, right? I just got Maltesers and wrapped them in Ferrero Rocher wrappers to make them look fancy. Yes, yeah, luckily we're not recording this and sending this out to the world or anything that no one could pick this up. Ah, it'd be three weeks later by then. Be long gone. <laughs> It's one hell of a start, isn't it? She made sure she put all of those at wow. the beginning of the calendar so no one can call her out. Yeah. 
Fucking hell. Okay. Well, nation's favourite penny. None of this is true. So what we're going to do, technically, is we've come up with a top three, which is the bare minimum we could come up with. Or, yeah, at this point. We do have some honourable mentions that we're not going to put into our top three, though. So I think we'll start with Penny to go first. If you have any honourable mentions that are not in your top three. Random acts of violence. Can anyone guess what streaming platform it's on? Disney Plus. Strutter. Splutter? Strutter. Oh, I thought you said Splutter. And I was like, that sounds like a different kind of service that I don't want to be. Explain. No, it just sounds gross and I don't want to be. No idea what you're talking about. So Random Acts of Violence is directed and starring Jay Baruchel, if that's how you say it. He was in, uh, is it The End of the World? With Seth Rogen and that. And he yeah. is the voice yeah. of the guy in How to Train Your Dragon. Hiccup. Hiccup. I'm a big fan of him. I like him a lot. I was really excited for this movie. I'm less excited now I've seen it. <laughs> Honourable mention. <laughs> Looking up the synop- synopsis, comic book writers discover horrific events are related to a character they created. So yeah, basically this guy called Todd has written a horror comic and there are some murders that are happening that look like the murders in his comic book. Also has Wade McNeil from Alexis on Fire in it and he did some of the music, which is great. It looks very nice. Uh, it was It was a cool movie. It just didn't didn't do anything new for me. It didn't grab me. Worth a watch, but if you haven't got time, don't rush out. Sounds like another interesting concept, though. Or not. I mean... <laughs> from what I remember, it was just a copycat or something. I remember just not really being fussed by most of it. If this end. is your honourable mentions, I'm a bit worried about your top three at the moment. I only saw five movies from 2020. <laughs> okay. So All right. okay. my okay. top three is even a little bit sketchy. Okay. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, yeah, check it out. I think it was a Shudder exclusive in the end. Looks very nice. Uh, music's pretty good. It's all right if you like horror movies. Ta-da. Cool. What's the other one? <laughs> Hubie Halloween. <laughs> Fuck's oh, sake. That was my top film. No, it <laughs> that wasn't. That was my number one. <laughs> no, it wasn't. You saw it though, didn't you, Andy? Yeah, I genuinely enjoyed it. Yeah, I like. I, I liked it. I don't. I don't need Adam Sandler's stupid voice in it though. I wish he'd stop doing that voice. I think it's the best film he's done for years, aside from probably Uncut Gems, which I still haven't seen. Oh, I haven't I seen it yet. Haven't seen. It's another 2020 film, I think. Is it? Hang on. No, I think that was last year, wasn't it? Okay, it might be 19, yeah. So I saw yeah. it either, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was funny. I just, I don't need that stupid voice. Was it just the voice that annoyed you? I think so. Is that your only downgrade? It's just his voice. I mean, it was fine for like a silly Halloween movie. I'm now trying to remember the premise of it. Andy, have you got a synopsis of it? Because I can't remember. <laughs> Oh, for fuck's sake. What a fucking shambles. <laughs> this is a real shit show. Wait, wait, wait. It's October 31st uh, in Salem, Massachusetts. And a town's eccentric, <laughs> devoted community volunteer and the good-natured ob- object of his fellow... This is a really long sentence that I don't like. And the good-natured object of his fellow citizens' derision and meanest pranks... 
i.e. Hubie, finds himself in the midst of a real investigation for a real murder. Yeah, it's got that kid from Stranger Things in it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Honourable mention. <laughs> yeah. Not the kid that most people would think of. It's not Finn Wolfhard. It's Noah Schnapp, isn't it? No. It's oh, the kid know- that's not in it very much because he's busy in the Upside Down. Yeah, no. no you know what I was going to... You know what I was going to do, but I may fucking still do it because it may work, is I was going to add like some Oscar kind of music in the background when Penny's just talking <laughs> over it at the moment. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> just to make a big ceremony. The sausage, <laughs> the sausage. Yeah, well, if the people listen, they already know if it's there or not. We don't know yet. True. But True. yeah, I just imagine in the back of my head, sorry. It's me overstaying my welcome with the Oscar. And the winner for <laughs> best movie with a Stranger Things character is. <laughs> we should definitely do a movie awards podcast next. What? Well, next year? Next year. When the awards we'll season comes around, movies. it's too early now, isn't it? Yeah, when hopefully more movies come out during the year. And mm. uh, yeah, if we can actually yeah. have a proper award ceremony. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I also had Hubie Halloween on my honorable mentions list. Because I thought it was quite fun. Yeah, I liked it. Just just stop doing that voice, Adam Sandler, please. Thanks. Yeah, but normally he doesn't do the voice and the films are a bit shit and they're too obvious. This at least had a bit of character. It's like a throwback to Billy Madison. I'm assuming this is a comedy. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I haven't seen it. It's almost like it just... a coming-of-age comedy, except it's an adult coming-of-age. He's old. <laughs> okay, so it's like too many American Pie films, the movie kind of thing. Everyone's no, 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 no. No, it's not. It's not as bad as that. No, he just seems <laughs> no. to be very sweet and a bit special, and everyone in his town is mean to him. He's just too nice. That's the problem. He's too. And he loves Halloween. And he loves. Isn't Halloween. that the start of every Adam Sandler film, though? Especially the '90s ones. Everyone hates him. He's different. He's an outcast, and then he decides to mm. do something about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. It feels like a throwback yeah. to that sort of era. Right. Okay. And they all love him in the end, and yeah. Yeah, he's got the stupid voice on, and he's a bit dopey, but is well-meaning and stuff. I see. Yeah. Any other honourable mention? No, um, that was... If you're making me do a top three, that's all i got. Andy? Well, I've got a top six, because I've only seen six this year that I can remember until Dan mentions another one, and then I go, oh yeah, I watched that as well. <laughs> so I've thrown Hubie Halloween in. I'm going to throw in Bad Boys for Life as well as one of the other six films I've seen. (laughs) Oh, jeez. You know it's very (laughs) fucking lean this year when Bad Boys for Life comes in. Uh, Why Bad Boys for Life? I'm sure others will agree with you, but why? It's just the same old shit that the Bad Boys do, isn't it? (laughs) Same old (laughs) We have to have Oscar music in the background for this. It's just cars, you know, car chases and shooting. Pew, pew, pew. It's gold. The one is, bad thing about it, I would say, is the title. Because if they were going to do a sequel, and they potentially could do, they've now used the four from Bad Boys for Life. So they can't call it Bad Boys yeah. 4, number four, life now. Forever? Yeah. They could call it Forever. That wouldn't surprise me. What, how does it rank in terms of the other two, then? Oh, it's at the bottom. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Out of the three. Well, out of, out, even Bad Boys 1, which I really hate. I hate Bad Boys 1 so I'm much. I'm not a massive fan of Bad Boys. Bad Boys 2 for me is peak yeah. Bad Boys. Bad Boys 2 it's is good. fun. It's colourful. Henry Rollins is in it. <laughs> Bad Boys 1 is good and better than this. this. But it's a bit more straight-laced, Bad Boys. Wow. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, honourable mention. <laughs> yeah. 
this is a real success, isn't it? Yeah. We've done really well. Yeah. I'm so glad I brought this up. <laughs> we did tell you like three weeks ago that we hadn't seen anything. <laughs> At the end of the year, everyone goes, yeah, have you seen Total Film's top 10 list of the year? And they're like, no, but fucking check out Unusual Suspects. There's some fucking bangers in that one. Bad Boys for Life. And I quote, is less better than the first one. <laughs> I'm sorry I was too busy watching classics like I'm not blaming Oh my you. god we're I, in a horror, horror movie. <laughs> I actually prefer it when it's like this. <laughs> we're staying on character, we're staying on brand. We're yeah, ourselves it's fine. yeah. Very on brand. The last one I've got for honorable mentions is Borat number two. Which was okay. fine, I thought. Yeah. I think so, it was fine. It's it's hard to rank those kind of films because they're technically mockumentaries, but now he has like a story it's more of a storyline in it as well so there's like parts of it that are like yeah. real and some of it I guess is faked as well but wasn't that the same with Bruno as well where there was like a vague narrative to it I think even more so in this one would you say like out of all oh, the films he's done yeah there's this definitely one. a bigger narrative in this and I think the supporting yeah. cast like the person who plays his daughter can't remember the name yeah I forgot her name so yeah has a big um, you know it does more and is probably on screen for as long, if not more, than Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, that's true. I was true. gonna say I heard she kinda of stole the show. Yeah. A little yeah, bit. no, she's really, really good. Really good. Yeah. Yeah, some very awkward situations that <laughs> felt very well, awkward. The, like the yeah. cultural impact of it, the fact that it's got, you know, that person in trouble because of what happened and they've had to come out and defend themselves and say, No, no, no is quite Yeah, because it got released before yeah. the election, didn't it? Yeah. Just yeah. before the election came out. Yeah. yeah. And I think I'm not saying that that swayed it, but I think that... It outlined some things, yeah. Yeah, it would have solidified ideas for some people. There's a couple of people, especially, who are involved that are in a high position of power, which I didn't know were in it, who... hmm, (laughs) Things happen in it, so, yeah. um, yeah. But there's some quite wholesome bits in it as well. Like, there's the... This is not a major spoiler, but there's like a... She's like, fuck, like a babysitter um, driving instructor. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. there was like a GoFundMe afterwards to like give her support afterwards. Yeah, she got like... Not that she needed it because of the, the film, but because she just seemed a million? like a good person. Yeah, yeah, Don't like you? a huge yeah. amount of money. Yeah. So I think in terms of cultural impact, I think that's been quite important. But uh, the film itself was fine. Fair enough. Absolutely Should fine. Should we just change this to our top most fine movies? Absolutely oh, fine just, films. Yeah. Should we just call it films we've seen? <laughs> not a bad films idea. I've sat in front of <laughs> this year. Oh, I think absolutely fine. Honorable, absolutely fine list is is a good one. I think for the brand. For the brand. Have you got any, Dan? Uh, yeah, I have many. <laughs> top three. Uh, oh yeah, you saw more movies than we did. I I only saw nine. But I think that what's it's going to become very actually not really. But for my honorables list, I would put I'm going to put like the very bottom of that list is Borat and Bill and Ted. They're not great. They're just they're funny. You know, you can sit down and have a laugh with them, and then probably forget about them by next week. But they're they were funny this year to watch. I would say Spaceship Earth. I'm going to put in my honorables, which is, I think I talked about on the podcast. I can't remember. It's yeah, the did, yeah. Doc, yeah, documentary about mm-hmm. the people that went into this like very secluded and just isolated chamber that they were trying to work out if they could work on different projects in like having no water or anything like that from the outside influence or anything. So it's very interesting 
documentary, I would say. Swallow was nearly in my top three. Have you guys heard of Swallow? Nope. No. Swallow Sounds like it's it, on that weird streaming service I mentioned earlier. <laughs> it's on... I don't know what it's on, actually. <laughs> so it might so be... That, I think it's on Netflix. It's on that like, weird streaming service, isn't it? Sure, Splutter or whatever the fuck it was called. I don't know. But, um, yeah, uh, Swallow is... I can't remember who it stars. Uh, Haley Bennett. It's about a woman who has a relationship and that's kind of slowly falling apart. And the way she's kind of dealing with her her marriage, essentially, is a real condition where a person will eat whatever they want and swallow it. So eventually, without spoiling too much, obviously, the film starts with her eating like little bits of objects, like, you know, could be coins or something, like small little things. And then it gradually, as she gets more and more kind of, as the relationship slowly, slowly starts to fall apart and things get more depressing, she moves on to bigger things and tries to eat them. And it's a body horror kind of thing. So it's not a pleasant watch. It's obviously one of those things that's going to be like, whoa, what the fuck? But it is a real condition, which I didn't know about. Yeah. I can't remember the exact name of it, but yeah. Is she the sort of person that would say, I could eat a horse and then eat an actual horse? Jesus Christ, you fucking... <laughs> I, without spoiling it, she might actually eat a horse <laughs> eat at the end horse. of the film. You don't know. Like, they, like she she honestly just progresses onto bigger and bigger, bigger and better things. Yeah, it, it's a strange film, but it's one that stuck with me at the end, so I'm going to put it on there. And my final honourable mention is Dick Johnson is Dead, which is a documentary that came out this year. I think it was uh, it's Netflix as well. It's a lot of people's top movie of the year. I saw from like publications like Snowy. A lot of people put this as number one. I'm not going to put it as number one, but it's a documentary about a filmmaker and she is a documentarian filmmaker, basically. And her father is dying called Dick Johnson. And he's um, he's no one real famous. He's just kind of like this psychiatrist, this local psychiatrist in this area. But the clever thing about it is, so she knows he's dying and he knows he's dying. And he hasn't got long to live. And I won't say why, because it might be a slight spoiler. But what she decides to do is her and her father have this weird kind of obsession with dark humor. So instead of trying to make the whole progress of him dying a real sad and depressing one, she films his kind of last year or last moments. But in between his last moments, she sneaks in his debts. So whatever... She sneaks in his debts? Debt. (laughs) Debts. Not depths. Debts. Like dying. Mm -hmm. That sounds confusing. The way she does it is like, unexpectedly throughout this lighthearted documentary he might fall down the stairs and break his neck and die but do it in a movie way because it's funny to pretend that he's about to die at any point in this film it's so weird it's so weird (laughs) is it funny yeah i found it really funny because the two of them are just like they don't acknowledge it but they're kind of like they basically are making a film because he kind of wants he he's who says like I always want to be a movie star I always mm-hmm. wanted to be a movie star, so they make a movie that's technically a documentary about his last year, but during the documentary as they're filming it unexpectedly he like trips and dies or like gets hit by a gotcha. giant like TV from the sky. <laughs> they use stuntman and they showed like the stuntman going like getting into position and filming and then he's like oh I'm gonna get hit by a giant box am I and it's like <laughs> <laughs> okay it does sound kind of funny. 
Yeah, it's really like interesting, like style, like how they've done it. Because it, it, you're just expecting him to die, and it's really weird because he is dying at the same time. But um, interesting is all I'll hmm. say. It's really interesting. Sounds to watch, it. But yeah, yeah. Dick Johnson is dead, and yes, his name is Dick Johnson. So if you, if you, as Andy put in the chat, as I was trying well, to fucking whoa, whoa, <laughs> fucking, it was Penny or whoever. Don't be putting that shit on me. I didn't even look at it, but... Yeah. Um, Dick Johnson's a funny name. Come on now. <laughs> She's the most immature out of all of us. And... Yeah. Play the music. And our top three movies of 2020. We're going to start with our third favourite. We'll kick it off with Penny. What is your third best ever film in 2020? I mean, I guess what it's... What is the third film that you have seen this year? <laughs> the third film... I saw The Babysitter Killer Queen, which is available on Netflix, which is the series, the series, which is the sequel to the horror movie The Babysitter. So Uh I don't really want to, I was about to read the synopsis, but then that will spoil it if you haven't seen the first one. So I'm I'm guessing the the good, the first one is good. The first one is good. Uh, I really liked the first one. It's got Samara Weaving in it, who, as I've said previously, is quickly becoming my favorite actor at the moment she's really great in it the kid in it judah lewis who plays cole is really good the babysitter was a was a great funny horror movie about a guy and his babysitter but it's a horror movie so you can probably work some stuff out but that was definitely worth a watch yeah and then the sequel samara weaving's not in it as much which i think is possibly the big problem yeah, her her not having much screen time kind of ruins it a bit. And it was, well, being a sequel, it was a kind of extension of the original story. It was just, it was, it was fine. It was, you could have, you could have had it, you could have not had it. But I think the fact that she wasn't in it much kind of spoiled it a bit. Sounds like a real top three material. <laughs> watch the babysitter. And, watch the babysitter. <laughs> the babysitter was great, but that came out like last year or the year before. So that was the third movie that I have seen. <laughs> Penny's our hype man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's all right. If you really, really want it, watch it. <laughs> watch, the, watch the babysitter. The babysitter was great. That was really fun. That was a really fun horror movie. Some nice effects. Watch that one. If you don't have time to watch the second one, you're fine. Over to you, Andy, <laughs> with the third film that you've seen this year. It's actually the fourth. Oh, yeah. I've sorry. seen six films this year. Oh, yeah, because you added, you added one down, last mate. minute because Dan reminded you. What's the point? Nothing. I'm just... Some of us back. some of us have been busy working this year, Pen. That's right. I'm throwing my catchphrase out there. Oh, fuck's sake. <sighs> New catchphrase over 20 episodes for you. Fuck's sake. The fourth film I watched this year, or the third if we're counting backwards, is The Old Guard. Oh, is that Charlie's Theron? It is Charlie's Theron. I take yes. my yeah. horse to the... Oh, no. Okay. What? Mm. what? Keep going. Sure. Okay. Okay. I've not heard of this film. I was trying to add something. Mm. Good job. By singing. Always by singing, always Daniel. always singing, isn't it? Yeah. I'm trying to get an X Factor. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Dad's face. What is going on? I'm just letting her go, man. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Oh, the Even. coke can comes into fucking frame. That <laughs> yeah, explains help. it all. That'll help. That'll do it. Yep. Right, anyway. The old guy is about a covert team of immortal mercenaries who are suddenly exposed and must now fight to keep their identity a secret just as an unexpected new member 
arrives. That's right. I read that from IMDb. Immortal what? There are a bunch of like immortal... Now who doesn't make sense? Shut the fuck up, Ben. I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> How rude. So there are a bunch of like immortal mercenaries. They've lived through like the Middle Ages and they discover there's a new sort of member, a new person who is also immortal. Okay. So they take her under their wing and they try and evade some guy who wants to take their immortal powers. But... <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's your question? Can we blame 2020 for these films, please? What's your question? I feel like you've got a question. I don't know. Was it the I'm use just, of immortal just powers? Like, just letting you explain it. It's just fucking hilarious. Sorry. Sorry. So these immortal people has powers and the guy's trying to take the powers from them, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, cool. If anyone saw any good films this year, uh, let us know on socials. <laughs> Because apparently we missed them. No, I'm sure it's good. I heard I heard kind of uh, good to mix things about this film. So I heard this is kind of... I mean, it's got the guy from Harry Potter in it. <laughs> is that a plus? <laughs> Which one? The dude who played uh, Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> I watched him in... What was he in? He's in The Queen's Gambit. Yeah, Harry Melling. Harry Melling is called. Yeah. <laughs> But it's based on a comic book film, so it's got Charlize Theron. Sorry, it's based on a graphic novel, I should say. Cool. I think, do you think we've lost Dan? Yep, he's, <laughs> he's gone. Keep he's going. Gone. <laughs> Dudley. <laughs> the glue's gone. Dudley did him in. <gasps> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Professional, <clears throat> <I> go. <clears throat> so it's got Harry Melling, Charlize Theron, Kiki Lane, Chiwetel, Lichie Four. Cast is pretty solid. The action is as good as Charlize Theron can do. It's, um, <laughs> as good as well, she that's can a, do. I mean, that's a high Lesser. standard, you know. She oh, is, okay. It just the way you said it, it just was like, ah, it's the best she could do. <laughs> no, she's solid. She's really great. It looks, um, <laughs> looks pretty good. But it's just quite a nice narrative the whole way through. It's like the old guard bringing in the new sort of recruit and building them up. Probably why it's called the old guard, I guess. Dudley's <laughs> smashing there it this go. year. Great. Okay. Thank you, Andy. Um, so. Dan, what was a film that you saw? My third favourite film of the year is my most recent film I've watched. It's My Octopus Teacher, which is a Netflix oh, documentary. Yeah. Um, it is a documentary <clears throat> about a guy who, for reasons decides that he's going to go swimming in the ocean one day and he um he's a filmmaker as well he's a documentarian as well and he's kind of using it as like writer's block in a way so he's trying to swim in the ocean to kind of free his mind because he's suffering from writer's block and stuff and he decides to bring his camera along and this is filmed over the period of about a year but while he the first time he kind of goes into the ocean he ends up meeting this lovely octopus in the ocean hence uh, my octopus teacher and over the course the course of the film builds a relationship <laughs> with said octopus saucy and yeah it becomes what has happened to this year you know what you know what I never it's, it's I never thought I would say this it's a it's a film that's very romantic for a 
for a doc- please tell me he doesn't bang an octopus no he doesn't bang the octopus but like honestly i it's 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 a film that i didn't spongebob porn <laughs> i thought it was going to be this kind of excuse for um oh he finds like it's using animals as oh it's cute that the animal is hanging around with him blah blah maybe it's only a couple of shots and stuff of the animal just actually being around him and whatever but they tie everything in with him meeting the octopus and the and the main thing is he's trying to learn about the octopus's life and how uh he doesn't have a name for the octopus he just calls her she her of course he does because yes he has a wife and kid he doesn't have sex with the octopus Um, is that the only, you say that like that's the only reason he doesn't have sex with the octopus is because he has a tw- wife and kids. Yeah, big twist at the end. Yeah. If he didn't, he'd be all over it like butter. On our octopus. Oh. Usually you're better with your analogies. Yeah, sorry. Look, it's a Tuesday. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's honestly, it's honestly a really, really good documentary. A lot of people have said it's like one of their favorite films of the year. It's it is really, really good. It's a tearjerker at the end. Obviously, there's going to be that kind of thing. I can't. Going I can't on. be dealing with dead octopi, man. I can't. If that's it's where that's going. It's not necessarily that, but there's a lot of things that part of me doesn't like this film. And part of me does because the thing I talked about when we talked about our favorite documentaries was that there are times when I feel like this is too overproduced because it feels too good to be true. Mm-hmm. And. But then again, if I'm saying that, that means I'm saying that, oh, well, all documentaries may be too good to be true if their story is quite un- unbelievable. So I'm just being arrogant in mm. that fact. So this falls into that where I'm like, it's strange that they got all this footage as clear as day with this guy seamlessly by himself, even though it's clearly not by himself. He does have a camera crew um, because it just it's filmed in a way that it looks like it's just him in the ocean with a camera. Yeah. Th- but there is a Are part- you saying it's a trained octopus and it's all fake? Is that what you're saying? No, I don't think he it's... He filmed it at the Sea Life Centre. No, they wouldn't have trained <laughs> it. There's some scenarios that couldn't really train for, let's put it that way. Okay. So, but it's still... I think it's just fascinating. I think it's just a really fascinating story. There's nothing too much to it. It's literally just a man, he meets an octopus in the ocean and th- th- the friendship blossoms and it's quite lovely <laughs> and, and very sweet and I really like this one. So that's my number three. And then he fucks it. N- no, I can't. Well, I can't com- <laughs> deny or confirm that he fucks it, but you have to say for yourself. It's really good, though. My octopus teacher, Penny. Number two. My number two film, which I watched last week, was How to Build a Girl, starring Beanie Feldstein, who I love. So, what name is that? Her name. Your name? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not her mum, so I don't. <laughs> She was in Ladybird. Christ. We talked about Ladybird. <laughs> she was her best friend in Ladybird. She was also in a in last year's Book Smart, which Wasn't I also really she enjoyed. In a film that we watched on out of the film, out of the film, out of the hat. Sorry, Binny Felsey. Mm, I remember the name does ring a bell. No, but we t- we talked about her when I talked about Ladybird. Oh, that might have been it. Okay, so that was it. Let's read the synopsis. Not about Beanie Feldstein. A teenager living with her working class family on a council estate in Wolverhampton grows up to become a popular but conflicted music journalist. Oh. It all makes sense. So well, this see all why. makes fucking yes. sense. <laughs> Did you empathise with the character? 
I did. I I related a little bit, even though I'm not a journalist. Don't put yourself down. I'm not, you're though. Just, I'm a photographer. You're just a creeper that stands with a camera out of the corner. <laughs> I mean, not out the corner. I get to be in the front row while I'm creeping. She's at the front, <laughs> just focusing on the crotch. <laughs> Anyway, number two. We done? <laughs> no, go on. Ben, you got to give a bit more. Come on. No, I was just waiting for you guys to be finished. Yeah, we're just tangenting. But that's a, just a tangenting thing we do. Um, Beanie Feldstein is American. Her Wolverhampton accent is a thing. <gasps> I kind of want to hear it now. Yeah, I was going to ask, is it, it questionable? Or? I mean, I'm not, I'm not great with accents anyway. But just, I guess, because I'm just aware of her being American, and it sounds, it sounds, you know, how Americans think we sound. There's a lot of English people in it. The cast is really great. Uh, Paddy Considine's in it. There's a, there's like some cameos. She's got some uh, pictures on her wall that she talks to, and it's got Michael Sheen, Mel and Sue, Alexi Sale, Lily Allen, Jamila Jamil, Chris O'Dowd is an actual character in it. Lily Allen's brother Alfie is in it. Frankie Delane or Delaney, I don't know if he pronounces that E, who stars in Fear the Walking Dead. He's also in it. So it's got lots of English people in it. So I think it threw me a bit being like, well, I know she's American. And the accent was a little... Off. Yeah. Hmm. It was too English. I felt... With that. <laughs> with that, with, I think, either Snatch? Mm-hmm. A little bit. I think it was Snatch and maybe another film I'm trying to think of that had like American actors trying to do English voices I think I can't remember the other one but yeah sometimes pulls off but sometimes doesn't I guess yeah Yeah, because she's kind of like I can't do it but like Wolverhampton like she's very stereotypical of what I guess Americans think they sound like I don't know I think we're obviously more attuned to it because we live here like if someone said can you tell me what this accent is it's an American accent I've probably got no American can you tell me Oregon accent or something would be like I have fucking no idea Uh, yeah yeah but she is I think she's like 16 she's like 15 16 year old girl and she's really nerdy and she loves writing and she manages to get in with a music publication changes her look and dyes all her hair red which I might have done at one point in my life this all sounds very familiar (laughs) yeah this is like a biopic of you or something no no I didn't get that not enough crotch shots (laughs) (laughs) she wears a hat I don't wear hats there you go (laughs) but yeah so she so she joins she she joins this music magazine becomes a journalist but also like she gets like thrust into that world but also she's a 16 year old girl and he's just laughing because I said thrust. <laughs> yeah. He's still laughing because I said thrust. It's fine. Oh. It's all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's a kind of, it's a coming of age story of dealing with music industry or anchors when you're 16. So would recommend. Don't know where you can watch it, but go check that out. Cool. Or anything else that Beanie Feldstein is in because she is fucking great. Okay. Andy, what's your number two, two, my... two, two film of the year? Okay. My number two <laughs> is The Hunt. Really? Oh, yeah. I wanted to watch that too. I really enjoyed it. Mm. So it's about a group of strangers who wake up in like a field. They've been kidnapped by some 
rich elites. Countryside saw. And they are essentially being hunted by these rich people. It's kind of like Redneck Battle Royale. <laughs> nice. <laughs> they should have been called that. <laughs> Do we agree? That was better than Countryside saw. Well done. I mean, yeah. I guess it, yeah. I I first thought Hunger Games, the kind of rich guy Hunger Games. Hunger sort of thing. Games is but, a rip off oh, right. of Battle Royale. Yeah. Oh, I guess so. If you could call whatever is a rip off of what, but yeah, but it's yeah. I guess so. But you liked it. I didn't like it that much. Yeah, I genuinely, I really enjoyed it. It was quite sort of fun in places. Had a really decent cast. I thought of like not necessarily A listers, but yeah, sort of B side people like Ethan Suplee's in it. Emma Roberts. Yeah, goth Ethan Suplee. Call back. <laughs> I got it. Just checking. Betty Gilpin <laughs> from Glow is like the lead in it. And she's very convincing. It's sort of like a... Who's she in Glow? She's Debbie in Glow. Ah. But she's convincing as like a sort of slightly dopey... <laughs> Careful. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I can't remember where she's from. Somewhere Cali girl? No, she's like southern. I think she's from Mississippi. Is that in the south? Fuck it. She's from there. I'm going to yep. gamble. She's from there. <laughs> all right. Apologize uh, to all Americans. But yeah, I mean, she she is brutal when she needs to be and sort of quite unassuming when she doesn't need to be. And it's, it's good. It just felt like a bit of a breeze to watch. It didn't last too long. It wasn't overly complicated. It was just... Here's like point crank. A, here's point C, get there quickly. <laughs> it was good, I enjoyed it. Hmm. Andy likes to get to point A to C. They're early films, don't you? Mm. I think so. Yeah, I do. Yeah, the final, there's a, a fight scene, particularly at the end, between the character Crystal and Athena. I'm not going to mention who plays Athena, but the fight scene between them is a difficult watch at points because it is just brutal. So it's an enjoyable, an enjoyable view, I think. What, what didn't you like about it? I think, basically all the reasons you said it, I think it was just, it was, <laughs> it was based, there wasn't much to it. It's, it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, that's fine. I just don't, I didn't find it Dan as likes thinky documentaries. Yeah, I think I like thinking things too much. And when I see something that's a bit too, like, plain, even though it's very, it, there's a lot in it. Yeah, there I, is, no, I agree. There is a lot in it, but still it's. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say it's, it's okay. plain. But it's not particularly stylized. It's just a good <laughs> popcorn film done well. Yeah, yeah. That's all it is. And given the shitty year, I think that's what we all need. <laughs> Managed to crown that in nicely. Given the shitty year, <laughs> I think we all need this film. Okay, cool. So my number two... I'm going to throw a curveball at you guys. Is it another documentary? <laughs> no, it's not. Bloody hell. Amazingly so. That's why it's a curveball. My number two is the anime film. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> and the film after the uh, director or producer, sorry, I can't remember exactly. The film that came after the director or producer of Your Name, the very next film called Weathering With You, which came out kind of cheating. It came out technically like late December, early January, but you know, either way. Um, mm -hmm. So Weathering With You is, is technically the next film from the guys that made your name. And it is goddamn beautiful yet again. <laughs> like, honestly, like, 
I thought your name was like the prettiest film I've ever seen. This might just fucking top it. They they made it even more prettier. The thing with Weather Woman with you is if you compare it to your name, which is what everyone fucking does and has done for the past year with this film, I would say that your name is better. By a by an inch or so. But it still has those same kind of emotional beats, I should say, that your name had in this one. This one is slightly different. It's kind of got that weird element that your name had as well, I guess. But essentially, it's about a girl who can change the weather at any point. So if it's raining at any point, she can turn it into sun. And Imagine how good that would be for festivals. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. So what they do is she meets a boy and they decide to make a business out of it so that she's able to change the weather when they need to have the right weather at the right time for whatever occasion and stuff. Obviously, down the line, that may cause consequences down the line, which it does go into. There's a lot of stuff that's very, like, tugging at the heartstrings, just like your name did. Mm-hmm. It very much follows the same kind of beats that your name had, where it's like, here's the story, here's something shocking that will twist the story, and then this is how they deal with it. So it's... It, if you liked your name, watch it, because it's fucking great, and I love it. But the thing about it is is that it's very much going to be compared to that, because it does feel structurally that it's very much like your name, in a way. Mm-hmm. Well, your name was all right anyway. Yeah, right? it was. That was an okay yeah. film. I would say I prefer your name uh, more to this, but this is still really, really good. Again, it looks fucking amazing just to stare at it. And I did like it. A lot of people are a bit mixed on this because they obviously compare it to the last one, but I like it. And it's my number two. <laughs> Can we put that? We- weathering I with you. Like it. <laughs> there you go. So. Da, 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 da. Our number one films of the year. We might have a an overall number one. I'm pretty certain by the end of this. But I feel we'll like see. Dan and I are the same. Yeah, probably me and Penny. Uh, so Penny, should I go what? first then? Yeah, yeah go on, Andy. You go first then. Because yours will be the same, won't they? They'll both be some crap yeah. documentary. Yeah. No. Yeah, probably. I watched this film today because I was doing some last minute research. <laughs> Christmas with Christmas is muscles. Santa with muscles. <laughs> Is your number one? <laughs> Sorry, that threw me off. <laughs> oh my god, that threw me off. Sorry. Whoa. Okay. It is the Hulk Hogan film? No. <laughs> yeah. Please tell. Please tell me. It's, I, I keep calling it Christmas with muscles. That's not right. <laughs> so Christmas I. With muscles. <laughs> I've been calling it that all week. So my <laughs> number one film of the year is Netflix original Extraction. Really? With Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now, I've heard good things about Chris see, Hemsworth in that movie. I am expecting Dan to have some issues with this here. Yeah. Go on. It's your number one. Because it's your number one. I, think, I think he's going to be like, oh, oh why? Justify no, it's, it's it. It's oh, your film. Let me, not, shut I'm, the fuck up. Jesus. <laughs> let me tell you what you. I enjoyed about it, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> there was some pretty pretty um decent action scenes it was directed by sam hargrave who was a stunt coordinator for a load of the marvel films that has made his name as a stunt coordinator uh, and progressively he's directed different bits and pieces this is his first sort of feature-length film 
And as a result, it looks incredible. Particularly all of the action scenes and set pieces are really nicely directed. So there's like a car chase relatively early on that looks unlike anything that has been done before because it's just so precise in the way it's shot. Mm-hmm. The sort of vague plot is Chris Hemsworth is a black market mercenary who has to extract and save a mob boss's son in India. Meanwhile, they are getting chased by a Bangladeshi mob boss. And it's it's brutal, but there's a lot of depth to it and sort of heavy emotional moments in it that they hit quite hard and resonate nicely. I think it just looks pretty good and it's been not discussed as much as it should have it's very it's eye candy the film isn't it pretty much why because it's got chris i'm not hemsworth just saying chris hemsworth in it but i'm just saying in terms of it's it's very much like it's a bit like i guess it is your top film because it's a bit like crank right because it's like visually mad it's not at all like crank it's not a, i mean yeah, it but is visually mad is what you're saying like crazy visuals and you know set pieces and all kinds yeah of but stuff. it's it's grounded it's gritty it's realistic it's not like over the top over the top it's is just directed well from a sort of visually satisfying action perspective it's not a case of like people's fucking hearts are still pumping and you have to get everything working yeah, it looks like a gritty sort of war movie set in a city okay Hemsworth is genuinely great he is sort of punishing in his delivery of some of the stuff and it is you know it's a bit of a difficult watch at points it doesn't look like there's any punches pulled it's just fucking brutal but then there's still like an emotional weight to everything that's done in it as well it's good I recommend it even though number one film you watch today your number one film extraction (laughs) so so was your number two your number one until today uh, when I started thinking about the list at 6pm it was number one <laughs> Jesus Christ uh, call ourselves a movie fuckers <laughs> busy <laughs> busy hey, I'd work, I'm know? too busy for you fucking listeners listening to us taking your time out to listen to us how dare you how dare you how dare you anyway Penny <laughs> what's our number one together I guess <laughs> I'm a zoom ghost it is host. Friends Reunited. Oh. Okay. Friends Reunited. Whatever it's called. Unfriended. <laughs> Dark Web, whatever it can. No. Host. host. Host, which was on Shudder. And then, is it on Netflix? When did you watch it? I watched it in March. By the way, it's my number one as well, so we'll just kill the climax yeah. for that. But it's my number one as well as host. So Penny can explain. Host is... Uh, a ghosty movie Uh, six friends accidentally invite the attention of a demonic presence during an online seance and begin noticing strange occurrences in their home so yep six friends and some spooky lady have a seance via zoom and they call a ghost (laughs) yeah things go wrong (laughs) it sounds it sounds not great things happen yeah it was filmed entirely during lockdown all separately mm. but i think from what i read they all filmed it together at the same time like they ran through it like a play i believe yeah yeah it was it was kind of half uh, uh what's the word half uh 
forgot forgot I even forgot the words. What's Cause some of, some of it, most of it is shown like we're now all used to looking at Zoom screens, and so half of it is going on on the Zoom screen, and then I think later on, isn't it? You we come off of the screen and you see what's going on in there actual houses rather than looking at it through the screen but I think when they were all on screen they were all on screen together and running through it and their reactions and stuff together yeah because there's a lot of things in the film that you can't because if they did it on the internet if they actually just filmed it on the internet on the zoom call there would be a delay yeah. to a lot of things yeah. so it would make sense that they would have to film it in close proximity to yeah. each other so they could hear everything but why is your number one it's fucking great. Um, <laughs> I Put mean, that in the what box. you we so, <laughs> what, did you say? Watch it. We watched it kind of March. No, it wasn't March. Um, April. We didn't start doing this till May. Around April, no, May. No, we time, watched this after we'd started the podcast. Yeah, Pen, you watched, you it, watched it sort of June-ish, June, July. June-ish. Yeah. So we were kind of used to lockdown, and it was still. I don't want to say a novelty. But it was very, what's the word? That's that's what our lives were like at the minute, you know, Zoom calls. So it was very... Realistic. The, yeah, very realistic. Um, it actually made me jump, which doesn't happen with horror movies very often. Even though I knew it was coming, um, it was very creepy. It was really well done. And a, I don't want to compare it to Unfriended at all. I don't. But the the way oh. the way they ex <laughs> the way they executed it like it was just the Zoom call. So when you're watching that, I was watching it on my laptop. You know, you just had the Zoom call again. We were used to sitting. You know, the three of us are looking at each other on Zoom now. So it was just like watching that. It didn't need all the like unfriended had Facebook and the music and the, they had like, they're like, how much internet stuff can we fit into this film? Host was very simple. Yeah. And, and it was just like, if, if you guys were watching, I don't know, you know, like watching After Dark, which is out tomorrow in Preston. Good plug. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But it would just be like watching that. You're watching a bunch of people. So, I mean, I don't know how well it will hold up in coming years but yep it was spooky it was tense it made me jump it gave me the creeps a little bit and uh i enjoyed reading about how they filmed it and i saw a few videos you know they've got they had a whole bunch of stuff attached to the back of their laptops that you can't see to get it all so although it's a zoom call it doesn't look shit whereas unfriended tried to make it laggy and not great quality and internet ghost things and it scared the crap out of Dan which is even better uh yeah I couldn't I think after seeing this I immediately said to you I think this is film of the year already and Mm -hmm. I was like if if anything beats it it's gonna take a lot but it's stuck in my mind the whole year and I kinda wanna watch it again Mm -hmm. it's only an hour long as well that's it just an hour 17 minutes or 60 minutes around about that time yeah it's not long but it doesn't it neither understays its welcome or overstays it it's kind of the perfect length for this kind of film because it does as Penny mentioned a lot of things that Penny mentioned I agree with but it does that thing where it's using horror and I love when horror uses this it uses familiarities with everyday life and tricks you into thinking that you know you know what 
what's going to play out here because with everything whether it be like our phones or zoom calls or um i don't know playing video games or something or watching tv or whatever like there's a formality to everything we know how this shit works so when we see something like a zoom call on screen and it goes wrong and we're used to being in that situation with these characters we can instantly just go oh shit wouldn't this be scary if this happens to me like you said with our stuff with the podcast with after dark or something mm-hmm. improvisation is what i was trying to say i think it was 50 50 improvised oh, right, yeah. and um actually scripted as well reacting reacting yeah. to each other and stuff yeah but it's so it's it's actually like the acting is really good really really good by a lot of people mm. on this um yeah it used that whole gimmick of it's set during the coronavirus lockdown which you could see as a gimmick but actually it kind of plays into this i guess they had a, maybe a it different story feel gimmicky. no it doesn't at all it really doesn't just because it's zoom call as well doesn't feel like it's what uh, unfriended tried to do as you said with internet ghost shenanigans of everything losing losing connection it doesn't really do that it just does pure psychological horror really there's not mm. a, there's only one or two jump scares i can remember as well one mm. or two massive jump scares and even there was a bit where one of the girls has got filters on her zoom chat and then yeah, things start filter, to go wrong yeah. and she and she's freaking out and she's got face filters on which is kind of funny but not in a stupid way like it still makes sense that yeah. like her filters are still on. While she wouldn't this have time happening. if she was scared. No. Yeah, to turn them off and yeah, all that. Yeah, and they've stuff. not they've not used it for a laugh. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of clever yeah. things they do with hmm. the fact that they just got this one camera. Like the camera quality is really bad in some cases, so that when they're looking into some place that's um, quite dark, the quality is even worse because you get this like weird imaging. But sometimes you can see things in the shadows because the camera quality is so bad and they play on that yeah. as well and the sound and you could hear things but you're not looking at, at it going oh that's shit quality it's, no no we no we're no. just kind of used to it it's like a lot of that film is just sorry the bad drum but it is it's the unusual suspects number one fucking film of the year I'm just gonna say that it does a lot of things with just like tricking you into thinking there's something there there's a lot of things like things behind the people um, when they're talking that suddenly was that there before? There's like figurines that you can, maybe can work out in the background, just little things like that that would freak you out. So it does a lot of things yeah, it's like that. It's pretty subtle. Yeah, very subtle. And honestly, honestly scary. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I haven't been scared in a film in quite a while like that for a host. So my number one as well. Da, 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 and it's da. a horror movie, yeah. Oh, yeah. fuck, I need a button. <laughs> yeah, you do. Especially as it's about an internet ghost. Come on Hold now. Hold the line collar. <laughs> Whoa, I'm an internet ghost. I'm, I'm an internet ghost. And an internet ghost is our number one film of 2020, technically. Who would have thunk it? I feel it? like no one should be surprised. No one should be surprised. <laughs> Has anyone got any dishonourable mentions? Oh yeah. Oh no, but I have an honourable mention that's not a film. Okay. I think I mentioned. I don't know if I mentioned it before, but Video Palace, the Shudder podcast, which is available on Shudder and on Spotify, is a I don't know how many episode long podcast that scared the bejesus out of me. I don't very often have to put something light hearted on before I go to bed. I can usually watch 
serial killers and murderers and go to sleep quite nicely. But it's a fictional podcast as if the main the main character because I didn't look any of this up and I can't remember, but the main character he's doing a podcast about some white VHS tapes. There's kind of a legend and some spooky stuff around these white VHS tapes that apparently used to exist and he's doing some research on that and his so it's him talking to people that say they've seen them or trying to work out where they came from and in that kind of VHS collector world so it's all set as if it's real it's really creepy it's really good it's really unnerving yeah I got hooked listening to it and there were a couple of times I was like oh I need to put something nice now on now because this is giving me the creeps which doesn't happen very often either so check that out as well very good I'm going to put Birds of Prey in for a dishonourable <laughs> I knew you would I knew you would crap absolute crap Bloodshot as well was also crap and The Gentleman wasn't crap but I was disappointed oh it's by Charlie it. Charlie Hunnam's in that isn't he yeah you sent us a text message when you were starting that film going, this is really good. So I guess it wasn't really good then. It felt a little bit toothless. Bad trying to drink. It just felt a little disappointing to me, to be honest. Maybe my expectations were too high. I don't know why. It's a Guy Ritchie film. They've not been good for years. Mm, That's probably your fault. But (laughs) yeah, it just felt a little bit toothless. I imagine Sonic is in yours, Dan. No, Although you oh loved God. Sonic, didn't you? I really liked Sonic. It was great. <laughs> it's actually not bad. But it, it was... wasn't in your top... Didn't you only have nine films and Sonic was not in your top ten? Yeah. You could have I mean, just stuck it in at the end. Uh, it was. It's a film... You know what you get into with Sonic? That was it, pretty much. But, yeah. Um, okay. Even Ten- Tenant wasn't in my top... Oh, yeah, of course. Ones. And you, That's my you, only went, cinema. you went to the cinema. I went to the actual <laughs> cinema, guys, to see that. Wow. Now I don't... I don't think I've been to the cinema oh, yeah. this year. Well, there you go. No one has strange i think the only on honorable mention is enola holmes which was the oh the sherlock holmes the, thingy the, the 11 from stranger things <laughs> i don't know yeah millie uh bobby, bobby brown. brown bobby brown uh plays uh sherlock's sister younger sister and it stars i mean it the only reason i watched this was benedict uh, not benedict but um Cavill? fucking uh henry cavill was in it so that, um, oh, you love him. You want to kiss yeah. him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you want to toss him a coin or something. I haven't seen that. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. What? Toss a coin to your From Witcher. From The Witcher. <laughs> oh, right. You've made a lot of Witcher fanboys angry. Right. For help, Ben, I've got no idea what they're talking about either. Oh, all right. I, so- just, I soak up like <laughs> cultural shit like a sponge, even though I haven't seen it. Shall, Star we, Wars. shall we move on to the next bit? Because I'm getting bored. I haven't even said mine yet. <laughs> Jesus Christ, get, give you all your time. As soon as I speak, it's like, nah, fuck it, let's move on. Yeah, it wasn't that good. People said it was good. I don't think it's good. I found <laughs> Sherlock and Watson to be the most Tory of Tory cunts. Oh, I can't think Wait, of. so who... <laughs> wait, wait, can't say that. I can't say I found Sherlock and Watson to be the most Tory of all time in terms of the way that I don't know what your political uh, like uh, things are like a couple of cunts I guess <laughs> I think you're allowed to say Tory cunts I think like the words go together <laughs> so is is Henry Cavill Watson 
No, he's Sherlock. Oh, he's Sherlock, and but she's baby Sherlock. So who's Watson? Sister. I I don't remember. I like what? It, How is I thought she, she's Watson. No, she's no. Sister, she's Anola. Anola. What? She Anola Holmes. Oh yeah. Okay, but you don't know who Watson is. That's why it's called Anola Holmes. You Watson. just said Sherlock and Watson were rubbish, so I yeah. was like, "What? Who was Watson?" They, Watson is in it. So I who plays? Yeah, I don't know, Pen. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Sam Claflin plays Mycroft. Yes, he does. I know that. That's it. My point being was that it wasn't really good, and a lot of people really liked it, and it got really high crit reviews. I, I just found it to be unlikable. Even Enola was a bit. Ugh, eh. Like, they're not likeable characters because they're too posh, essentially. Like, they're just too up their own arse about everything. And they legitimately are in this film. So, I didn't really like the characters as much. Or portrayal of the family, I guess. But as a as a big Sherlock Is it just fan, because Robert Downey Jr. is the best Sherlock Holmes? He is not. I don't think he is. I think he is. He's definitely not. See him, McGregor. You and McGregor were Sherlock Holmes. Benedict, you... <laughs> it's not Benedict. Yes, it is. All right, let's move on. Okay, that was my. I can't remember if I. Oh well, when I want to say something, now you just want to move on. I'm done. Carry on. <laughs> What's wrong with what you? a fucking fun episode we're having. <laughs> I'm having a definitely time. feeling festive. It's end of the year. We're just fucking hate each other at this point. It was coming. We all knew. I'm it was having coming. a lovely time. I don't know what you're on about. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> You say that now, Bennett. The second we start recording. You're so mean to me. Uh, no, I usually complain about that when we are recording. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, do we have any anything else before we go off our list for the year? No. No. Nope. Okay, well, that's been our top films and things that we, that we watched. The, the films that we saw <laughs> in an order, sometimes today, is our number one. <laughs> sometimes. That's um, a really long title. We should probably workshop that a little bit. Nah, I like it. <laughs> Next year, when things hopefully go back to normal, we should have more films. It's just been a it's been a slow one. There's just been there's more documentaries released than films, it seems, and there's been no. Cinema. And Dan watched them all. And yeah, apparently so. But yeah, there you go. It's because um, we had jobs, Pen. Yeah, that's true. Oh my god. <laughs> I barely get to watch films. <laughs> Speaking of amazing films, our film out of the hat this week was collectively chosen, I would say, since it's our final movie out of the hat before Christmas. We wanted to watch a Christmas film that we all haven't seen yet. It's going to make us happy and cheery going into the new year. Uh, This week's film was the 1996 American Christmas comedy film Santa with muscles, starring Hulk Hogan. It was favourite Hogan. Hogan. Have that Nick. Our favourite Hulk Hogan. It's the only Hulk Hogan. Our favourite Hogan. Our favourite Barry Hogan. Um, Isn't it? I found it really funny. It's it's co-produced by Jordan Belfort from the guy who's Wolf on Wall Street. Is it? Yes. If you look it up on uh, Wikipedia. He's, um, yeah, co-produced by uh, John Belford. <laughs> oh. I found it really strange that he Bonk did that. It? Yeah, it's really odd. Anyway, Santa with Muscles is it's a strange one, mm-hmm. as we'll explain. 
I made very little notes on it, but Andy's written a whole essay, so he's probably going to jump in quite a bit. I have one note before the film actually starts. Go on. The, <laughs> the first note I've written is about the font that they use for the credits mm. at the beginning. Did it look familiar to you, Andrew? It did look you familiar. Said, mm. It looks very this. horror to me. I'm pretty sure that it's the same font they used for Elvira. Because I thought that oh. I was like, why are they using a horror movie font? And I'm yeah. looking at it, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's the same font, which for a Christmas, I use Christmas lightly. <laughs> Christmas, Inverted yeah. commas, Christmas yeah. film with Hulk Hogan, I thought was very odd. I but must have go. missed that then. Okay. Well, I didn't really pay attention to Elvira after all, because it was no, about exactly. boobs, of course, and Dan doesn't like boobs. Let's keep using that joke till the end of time. Anyway. You wait till you see the mouse mat I've got you for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Mouse mat. <laughs> yeah, boob mouse mats I've even seen. Anyway, stop. Santa <laughs> uh, with muscles. Uh, I put 60s Batman meets the 18. That's <laughs> what I felt like. <laughs> so there's this rich guy uh, played by Hulk Hogan called Blake Thorne. And what he likes to do especially at the start of this film is he likes to pretend that he's in a fight sequence with his butler his driver his chef anyone who works around his big mole mansion because he's such a rich guy he likes to pretend he's doing like a John Wick style fight scene that's really terrible his gardener was the best one I think because he was like (laughs) (laughs) so exaggerated every time (laughs) I'm like, you're not going to be able to sneak up on him if you're just like, ah! before you attack him. It's genuinely, sometimes in this film, I I was like confused, but sometimes I'm like, that's just funny to me. And that was honestly one of those moments opening Well, originally, I didn't realise, they don't make it clear that it's his staff. He's just sat around his house and a bunch of people attack him and he beats the crap out of them. And then you're like, oh, they work for him. That was the intention for me. Yeah, no, I know, but that's what I'm saying. I was just like, I was so confused at this Christmas film. I think you were supposed to believe that he's broken into this place and he's beating him up. He's a secret agent or something. Yeah. Secret agent Hogan. In all his camouflage. Yeah, yeah. he's wearing, uh, was it army camouflage? Kind yeah. of. Uh, yeah. Whole, most of the film, except when he's not Santa. Yeah. So we learn he's a rich guy and he has many products with his face on them. And he acts like an absolute bellend for the first couple of mm. like he is so um he can't pull off the posh guy i'm so no. rich voice can he it was all. weird like the cadence yeah. was all odds and like it sounded ha, ha, ha. overly enunciated i thought he was gonna be like that yeah, for the whole I film too. i was like no he doesn't speak like this throughout the whole thing it's just um, oh i think i also assumed like him being like that all the way through i was like oh is this like one the dialogue is not good no like one of the things he said um, with his rules good. that was it like, I'm a rules guy calls. yeah <laughs> business always calls when you're having fun like just the way he said it I'm like oh is this just his acting but obviously not it was just the weird pre-Santa poshness it's like he's pretending in the film to already be posh and rich like he he's playing a, he's he's playing a character on top of another character in a way like he's mm. he's inceptioned it a bit. <laughs> yeah, because he <laughs> was. On. It was. I'm not saying his acting was amazing, but it wasn't as bad as it was right at the beginning. Yeah, 
like when um, he's doing this posh voice i was like i can't possibly watch this if if he is going to be like this the entire time yeah properly it's that voice it up, yeah it's yeah. that voice of like i'm so great i did it, did it i did it like that same tone the whole way through it's weird um as funny mentioned he's a rules guy he has many rules and 137 yeah 337 he, he makes all his butlers and 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 people he pays Chaz. W- remember them Chaz Chaz the butler poor Chaz the butler has so much shit to put up with from him mm-hmm. poor Chaz he ends up being like I don't really know much what happens after this but, but he ends up getting into fucking hell um, this is like the first 10 minutes I know but it's just it's weird he he ends up going like paintballing and then he shoots yeah. a guy in the chest and goes ha 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 and then runs off in yeah. his car he cheats he cheats at paintball. He cheats at paintball because he is an asshole. And the whole thing we're getting yeah, so at he, is, is Scrooge, but the modern day Scrooge. Yeah, he beats up all his staff. They go and play paintball and he cheats. And then he gets in a high speed chase with policemen. Who he then shoots. Who he then yeah. shoots. With paintballs. Uh, with paintballs. Should, should add that in. That could be uh, 2020. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's he. He just like, he ends up. He's he's a, he's a nuisance. He's this rich nuisance guy. <laughs> he's apparently, he's the richest guy in the fucking town or something. But from states. selling like energy bars. Yeah, yeah. Energy bars, protein shakes, yeah, all sorts. All that shit. Yeah. Essentially, he's just a prick. Let's move on. <laughs> Essentially, is that why the guy from Wolf on Wall Street? Uh, Possibly. Might be. Yeah. Might be. I see myself in this guy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in Santa's house in the mall or grotto, uh, is it Lenny or Lenny? Lenny. The Lenny. Elf. Lenny. Lenny the elf. I love this bit. I'm just going to preface. I love every, the next 10 minutes. I love it. Lenny the elf <laughs> is on the phone to the bad guys. <laughs> and, and he's like, we need to get Santa. Um, but Santa hasn't turned up at the the grotto where Lenny the elf is working. But he's also on the phone to the bad guys of this film, as we get to learn later. But at this point, he's just waiting for a Santa to arrive. We get introduced to the worst supervillain group I think <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire they life. They have the best names, though. We mm. have Safari Man. Which I don't know his no, real no, name, no, no. but he's he right okay. I don't so know the, the, real the evil villain team. The evil villain team, which yeah. is the bad guy, introduces him. So there's I didn't get the I didn't get the main one, the main doctor. Yeah, there's a there's a scientist. There's doctor a doctor. Guy. I missed him completely. There's, but then there's, yeah. there's his bunch of scientists. There's a geologist <laughs> whose name is Mister Flint, who looks like he's going on safari. He does look like he's going on safari. Yeah, Nigel there's Mister Vile. Mr. Vile is a chemist. He's so a gas man. Here. Yeah. He's and then a there's Mr. Watt. The I put gas man. I just put gas man. <laughs> he comes around, checks your meter, fucks off again. <laughs> yeah, that's what we Because this is my geologist, Mr. Flint. This is my chemist, Mr. Vile. And this is the very attractive Miss Watt. Doesn't say what she's a scientist of, she's but got she is electrical. Electro hang girl. Yeah, just let yeah, she has. Go. But he introduces what they all do as scientists and their name. But then he's just like, yeah, this is Miss Watt. She's kind of cute. He doesn't really say. I d- they walk out anything. like they're the fucking Avengers or something. Like, yeah. Why didn't he say she was shockingly attractive? 
I know. Oh, Jesus Christ. But I thought it was good that their parents, like, gave them good names. You know, they've got good names to go with their careers. It's quite useful. Mm. Yeah. And then the, the head villain is Mr. Frost, I think you said, which just goes into play with everything oh, yeah. we're doing Who is here. Ed Begley Jr. So why do they want Santa? Is that is that part the of the Santa's got nothing it? to do with the bad guys? Santa, yeah. So, so, so why would Lenny they on the needs phone money? To Lenny? Yeah. Lenny needs money. Lenny owes them money. Yeah. Owes the bad guys money, and That's he needs it. money. Yeah. That's it. Oh, oh, this film could have all been avoided if Lenny didn't. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> anyway, this whole film no, could no, have no, been no, avoided. It couldn't have been because Lenny wasn't involved in the later events. He just owed them money. Yeah, but we'll talk yeah. about the later events, so that's which why make he... no fucking sense later on. But yeah. Mm. Uh, also, this will come back later. Lenny is Donna's dad in that seventies show. Okay. Can't think what his real name is. Oh, fine. So, well, uh, I'm just going to use his real name like I do with Neil Breen. While Hulk is running around, running away from the police, he ends up going into the the, the back of the mall, and he finds a Santa costume because, of course, he does to try to disguise himself from. Possibly the worst police officers of all time. <laughs> yeah. One of them says, I ain't... What's the quote he says? I ain't getting santa this Christmas or something really bad. There was a lot of bad And I ain't gonna have him ruin Christmas like yeah. it's a crime or something. I'm like, oh my God. Oh. It's fucking terribly written. Yeah, it's really bad. He ends up finding Santa costume, kind of evades the officers. He ends up falling down a chute like a garbage chute and smacks his head off the garbage chute, lands out the other side, where Lenny the Elf is currently positioned to steal his wallet and his identity, because he's a good little elf. Uh, Everyone got amnesia when they hit their head in the 90s. Like, you know how <laughs> yeah. when you were younger, you thought quicksand was going to be a bigger deal yeah. than it actually is. Yeah. I thought, yes. like, hitting my head and getting amnesia would, would be a thing. But yeah. I've hit my head a bunch of times and it's never happened. It does seem to happen in the 90s quite a bit, especially in film and television. And then all you have to do is hit it again and then you're fine. And yeah. you're fine, yeah. yeah. I don't think that's how that works, but, you know. Someone dropped a big Santa on Santa's head. He was when he was hiding the garbage chute. Some oh yeah, he did. Rubbish guy was chucking oh, a giant Santa statue, and that's why he fell down. Yeah, that is true. Was that a metaphor? <laughs> <laughs> Please don't tell me there were metaphors in this film because I, I did not spot any. I of think them there was it. one at the end, but I was like, I'm not too sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually a bad sign if I'm not too sure if the metaphor or not. Anyway, also. He- Hang yes. on a second, hang on a second. <laughs> so when he was on the floor, right, and Lenny had stolen his wallet, he tried to drag him away. Yeah. And he couldn't. But he's too big. Yeah. He was like, you're, yeah. a, you're a big Santa. I know where you're going with this now. And then he puts him <laughs> over his shoulder about 30 seconds later. Like, he just slings him over. Yeah. And hits his head a lot, but that doesn't fix the amnesia. No. But why did he try to take the body? I guess he wanted to have a Santa at the He wanted grotto. to drag him yeah. to he the needed- grotto, and then he woke yeah. him up, yeah. and then he put him over his shoulder for some reason. Because that other woman that o- that ran the grotto was like, first one to get me a Santa gets 50 bucks. Oh, mm. yeah. And then he was trying to get the money. Yeah, and then he stole his wallet. Yeah. Okay. So now yeah. Lenny has all lots of money because he's stolen this rich guy Blake's money and his wallet, his credit card, MasterCard, debit card, American Express, as he fucking annoyingly puts it. So Hogan wakes <laughs> up and has forgotten who he is. But he's so convinced that he's Santa really quickly. Yeah, Lenny tells him he's Santa. Yeah, you're Santa. Like, I get you get amnesia, but, like, if you were that level of amnesia, you would have forgotten how to drive, how to, like, to do what anything is. 
surely you would the thing is I feel like <sighs> he's not massively convinced that he's Santa but he just goes with goes it just because he woke it, yeah. up in a Santa suit and thought I must be Santa <laughs> <laughs> that'd be it <laughs> I'm Santa it happens boy. to me every Halloween I wake <sighs> up and I'm like oh shit I'm a bat it's mad <laughs> anyway he ends up, uh, yeah, being kind of convinced by Lenny to be Santa, which then Lenny brings him to the grotto in the mall. He ends up being Santa for a couple of minutes when some bad guys are trying to steal some stuff. And then Hogan rolls into action as Santa Claus and stops the bad guys in the mall. And he's like, don't do that at Christmas. everyone. Because mm-hmm. Chris- Christmas is about f- being nice. And not Christmas. beating people up. Not beating people he up. He says after beating people up. Having no authority to do so. Otherwise, even though he says he's Santa Claus, not the police. <laughs> Either way. Um, he's better than the policeman in this, though. He is. To be honest, the police in this are just the worst thing ever. We'll come back to them. Yeah. So, what we learn is that there's this orphanage, okay, where the bad guys from earlier want to take this orphanage so they, they've got this map where they've got X's all over it and there's the orphanage that's kind of like in the middle that they're trying to take over they're taking over various parts in the in the city they really want that orphanage and this is where Hogan ends up going to said orphanage I can't remember the reason why he went to the orphanage in the first place so the money was stole that the thieves that the mall tried to take was for a help the children's mission thing which is the orphanage. Yeah. Oh, so he just went there to give it yeah, back. Yeah, he saw it and went, I yeah. feel like I need to go oh, there yeah. and then fucks off like the Pied Piper. <laughs> I feel like I need to go. With all like... these kids you following don't, him around. He says that, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, you say that. There oh. are only three children in that orphanage. Jesus. Yeah, it's weird, It's a really it? big orphanage. Yeah, with a church and they've everything. They've got a church in there and yeah. there's literally three children in it. Yeah. So... so it's they haunted. probably should have just moved to a smaller place. Maybe it's <laughs> yeah, taken up all that. Would have saved all of their problems. Yeah. So he ends up going to an orphanage where he meets a girl who, and I don't want to be rude here, but there's, <laughs> there's sometimes, and especially in nineties films, this has happened a lot where there's kid, the kids that are acting, either they do it really shit or they overdo it, and this girl is like so overly. She's going to be like grade A drama school student when she's when she eventually grows up. She is actually the new voice of Ducky. Oh wow! In um, the Land Before Time, so she plays Ducky, which makes oh, a lot of sense. Oh really? A lot of yeah. After the tragedy of the first kid. Oh yeah. I, I'm. I think they just made her. She's too quirky. I feel like they. I feel like they wanted her to ham that up and make it extra. Like oh my gosh, Santa is Christmas. Like extra. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, there's not a lot that's Christmassy about this film apart no. from the fact that he's Santa it's like set in California and it's sunny all the time <laughs> so Christmassy but she's just yeah there's, there's sometimes she's a bit too stereotypical she's very yeah. sweet sweet she's too sweet so he ends up going to the orphanage at this point the the the, our favourite bad guy superheroes turn up in an ice cream van where <laughs> they're gonna take the statue from the the 
the front of the orphanage or knock it down or take the, yeah. hat, the head off. They take the head off to like threaten them. As a, as a threat to the kids. <laughs> Threatening orphans. These are, these are grown adults wearing a safari uniform, <laughs> <laughs> have fucking letro gloves and um, gas man. Like, these are grown adults in an ice cream van. And the other scientist guy, who I still haven't seen credentials by, and I'm not really sure what he does. Anyway, they do that. And then, for some reason, Hulk Hogan's able to hold the van from going away by holding a, a rope that's attached to the van. He's able to stop a whole a vehicle. Yeah, he's Hulk Hogan. From moving. Yeah. Are we playing to that he's super strong element again, like they do with most wrestlers? And yeah, he beats up his things. staff. He can hold on to a truck. I mean, the truck was fucking moving, like, pretty swiftly. Yeah. And then it just stops dead in his tracks, and Hulk's like, I'm just holding a chain. (laughs) Just didn't make any sense. (laughs) Just holding a chain. Yeah, he he ends up stopping them, and they say one of my favourite lines, where they just go up to him, like, as a sort of, like, a, a backhanded compliment, and go up to Hulk and go... Merry Christmas, Santa! And run off, and I'm like... (laughs) Was that a diss? You guys are the it's worst like, group ever. No, your mum. <laughs> your mum. Like, it's literally so bad. No, the equivalent of going up to him and going, your mum, oh, beep the horn and run off. <laughs> it's so stupid. Anyway. Oh, this film. Anyway. We also uh, forgot to mention one of one of the other three orphans is Mila Kunis. Tiny Mila Kunis. I didn't know about until you guys fucking mentioned it. You didn't realise, did you? No. I had no idea. I didn't, I guess... She's I thinking she's, about it I have, now, I have yeah. some issues I have some issues with uh, her character later on Ooh, okay so the girl makes Hogan because he's now looking like to be this strong Santa version of Santa that's really strong the girl ends up making him a new version of his suit where he gets to show his pecs off and he well, gets maybe super, that's my issue then super tight How pants she, she's this orphan <laughs> yeah this orphan that can like tailor a Santa suit to fit <laughs> yeah. him yeah like she's like yeah I just took your Santa outfit and she was like I got rid of the sleeves and I made it a v-neck and I gave you a utility belt <laughs> I was like how has no one adopted you why does Santa need a utility belt because he looks like he's a superhero now especially with the tight fucking Super tights Santa. on him or whatever he's got on him but also he's ditched the beard now and then convinces the kids yeah. he doesn't even look like Santa for hot, no, like most no. of the movie he convinces like Elizabeth the young kids uh, that it's because but, Mrs. Claus doesn't like it. It tickles. So he only wears it when he's on deliveries. And it's like, that's a fucking cop-out. It'll take forever to grow it, wouldn't you think, Santa? Honestly, I think... Well, he, yeah, he just powers. wears a fake one. Also, sorry, think, classic 90s um, move. Uh, he reads a newspaper and it says Santa with muscles. And there we have the title. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's another classic. Yeah. The thing with this is, though, like... I don't know why it was a Christmas movie. (laughs) Like it could, it could have been. You could have had the exact same story, Hulk Hogan and everything. And he, I just don't. It almost feels to me like they've written a script and they're like, "How can we make more money?" Christmas is coming up. Let's make it Christmas. Yeah. 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 And I feel like for like a stupid kids movie, wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. It wasn't Animals United. It was a shit Christmas movie, but it was a it was an average movie movie. So, at one point, they're all sitting around the, the table, the breakfast table, and Lenny already has his cash that Hogan doesn't know about. He has his wallet and everything. So, he needs to get a fingerprint scan. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and the ATM in the Blake, 90s. <laughs> Blake's hand. <laughs> so he uses a milk glass that Blake drinks from on the table and then uses that that just brings the glass to the ATM, scans it, and then the ATM of all things says, that's your left hand, use your right hand or something. I'm like, what? It's fucking what? stupid, isn't it? What ATM so is bad. this? <laughs> just I assume pin. because it's supposed to be like, he's got loads of money, so maybe he like goes to a fancy bank, but that's the only way to get Lenny to stick around, isn't it? Is because he needs his fingerprint. Yeah. But there's so many inconsistencies with that. With the like, there's a fingerprint stain on the milk glass is one. Then the second one is use your other hand. The ATM tells him, and then the fact that you have to use your scan anyway makes. Well, earlier on, when uh, he goes to the ATM the first time, it says, "Ah, welcome back, Mister Blake," and it's like, what? Face recognition. They had it in 1996. It's not his fucking face, though. Yeah, but is it, it wasn't his face. Um, he didn't rock up there with a Hulk Hogan mask, did he? Also, is that the not draft. the last time he goes to the ATM? Is that just? It's just not a thing anymore after that, is it? No, he never goes back. I don't think so. I don't think he's interested in the money afterwards, is he? No, because eventually, spoilers, he gives him back his wallet and goes, "Sorry." But, but he lit- like, he literally his, tries it. His once. whole thing is he he tries it once and it says no you need your fingerprint and then he does the thing with the milk and then it just never happens it's not a thing anymore (laughs) (laughs) this fucking this was also we missed out the Santa rules I did not write them down but I didn't know Santa had rules but I feel like they crowbarred that in with the Hulk Hogan rules and then Elizabeth tells him about the Santa rules correct I don't even remember the Santa rules yeah, I, I don't remember what they are they were like don't be a dickhead yeah I didn't um, give a shit I'll be honest <laughs> be, be nice dickhead. to people not just because it's Christmas and something else don't steal identities <laughs> <laughs> if you have amnesia try to remember where, where you're from so uh, there's a bit in this a church scene where Hogan and the girl are singing that was weird which is a bit I mean, it's kind of sweet, but at the same time, again, the sweetness of this girl is just too much, and it's just like, oh, I have no parents. What's it like to have parents? I, I, what's your mom and dad like? And I'm like, oh, for God's sake, we get it. We get Santa it. Santa doesn't right? have parents. He was Santa- created by God. We know this. Santa killed your parents. <laughs> I liked her. I think I, she'd have done really well in a proper she, Christmas movie. She's sweet, but she's like, like she's so... Oh, what's the word? That's she's perfect so- for a Christmas movie. She's too yeah. she's just wasn't She's one. too perfect though. That's the thing. It's just she's too you can't be that sweet. Also <laughs> You can child. in a really sweet Christmas movie. She <laughs> sings in the church because when she was a something about her mum saying when mom. she sings she can see her through the windows if they shine. Oh yeah. What the fuck and does something that mean? about no. And then there was something about fairies in the windows. Yeah, yeah. but that ties into in the- Later on yeah. down the line, as we saw, like fairies light. in the stained glass windows. Yeah, the, the light is shining brightly through the windows. That's all you need to know for the time being, because the next, the end of it makes more sense, I guess. So yeah, those that moments. So <sighs> fucking love this bit again. I just love moments in this. So I'm just like, what? I may have skipped a bit here, but just jump in if if I've skipped a bit because I just need to talk about this. When they are sitting around the table and everyone, everyone in the orphanage, Hulk's there, Elf's there and everything, they're all like, why did these guys want to dig up this place? Like, why, why is it that they want this place why so Why are they much? interested in it? And then 
one of so one of the kids, one of the guy, uh, one of the boys says, "Oh, it must be." Sorry, the-, the boy. There's two girls Sorry. and one boy, the boy in this massive orphanage. The boy who's also very, very '90s stereotype '90s kid as well. He's too happy sometimes, and he's he was fucking miserable for most of the film. He, he has big ears. I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I just called him big ears. I didn't have his. Name. You did. <laughs> he goes, "Oh, what about the clubhouse?" To which Hogan says, "The clubhouse." And then the, the adult, the woman who who's the adult of this orphanage and kind of looks after all the kids and stuff, goes, oh yeah, the catacombs below. What? Yeah. <laughs> the what? The catacombs below? Yeah, why don't you build a clubhouse where all the dead people are buried? Fucking oh, some of the kids play in there sometimes. If What's it's a clubhouse, I assume so. Why is there... That's what clubhouses are for. Why is there catacombs beneath the fucking Because orphanage? it's the biggest orphanage known to man for... Because it's a church. With the church and... Oh, yeah, because it is a church. Yeah, but it's really odd that catacombs are there in an orphanage out of all no, no, places. It's, I think it's more because it's a church. It's a church. That's why there's catacombs. Oh, that's why the church is in this film, so they could re-put that storyline in there. I guess I so. Guess. That's why they have to have a church in there. Well, I... Th- I think traditionally churches were used as orphanages as well. Mm. Oh, all right. But there are certainly catacombs under churches. I mean, go to fucking... In California. Vatican City. And they're everywhere. In, in, in Cali or wherever they were. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just saying there's normally catacombs under churches. I know. I'm just trying yeah. to reason with this explanation of when she goes, oh, the catacombs. And I was like, what? Look, Oops. I had the same reaction. I was like, why the fuck are you sending <laughs> kids down there? It's like fucking sending them to the chokey. So <laughs> they all go down to the catacombs to check out what the fuck this Which are also massive. Huge fucking caves. Yeah. Oh my god, it's massive. And the fact they're like it's a clubhouse when you yeah. think, oh like what, they're and just in the basement. There's like a fucking secret code to get in as well. That the only some of the kids know the numbers and they're trying and then suddenly Hulk Hogan realised what the number is, which well, I they only Yeah. They know. They say they only know the first numbers, which are eight, twenty-four, sixteen. 16. So my thirty-two my, is what I thought. That's it would what be. I thought it would be thirty-two. Yeah. And I was like, apparently only Hulk Hogan knows his times tables, but he never tells you how he got in. He doesn't yeah. know how he knows. He just and they goes, never tell you what the number he, is. Later down the line, he just he just goes. I'm trying to figure out how I knew the door code. But you we find never out get, later. Do we, we never find out? You do find out. Just tell us. Do no, we? Might as well. No, I'll tell you yeah. when we get there. Oh god, I'm so excited! Anyway, they they end up going the, into the this last number. By the way, I believe is seven. Oh well, that's bullshit. It's a mathematical pattern that I googled. <laughs> oh, that's how you. How know. from eight twenty four sixteen? Anyway, fine. They go down to the catacombs where there is a bunch of crystals, electro crystals that are that power the church and the windows and yeah. Which Mila Kunis also knows about, so she can make clothes, and she knows about all about exploding crystals. But I have just looked up the numbers, uh, and apparently, if you type eight twenty four sixteen to Google, is uh, some sort of thing for a complex fertilizer that will explode. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, I feel like someone was trying to be really clever there. Expect a knock on your and front it- door any second, Penno. Oh, now I've googled bombs. Oh dear. Damn it. It's fine. I did the same thing. We'll both get arrested at the same time. <laughs> yeah, they discover that the source of power that the bad guys are after is is underneath everything. So that's why they want the that's why they want this place. 
They want the glowy crystals. They want the glowy crystals of doom. Because the boy <laughs> drops one on the floor, doesn't he? And it explodes. Hmm. Yeah. Because I thought it was an energy source. I was like, but do you want energy that explodes? I don't. So what, like petrol? Yeah, it's, it's literally just a form right. of energy that they have. Yeah, but if you drop petrol on the floor, it doesn't explode. I was thinking more like, I don't know. True. Anyway. Good point. Hulk fights evil scientist guy on the on the church roof uh, where the bell is. And they have a good old battle. And uh, Hulk falls off. Ends up getting Amisha again. <laughs> falling into a dump truck. Can we talk about how he, he fell off? Yeah, let's talk about that. So Go he beats this dude up. And then he gets pushed off by a mechanical Santa that is about two foot tall. <laughs> what is he Santa made of? Was... Fucking paper. He just falls off Santa's. He, Santa's yeah, is his weakness. Quick yeah, but that Santa is not <laughs> going to be strong enough to move what I imagine no. is a 200 pound man. Well. Yeah, and it's weird. It just kind of, it, I guess it like turns. Yeah. That is its thing. But it's not going to then grab him and push him. No. <laughs> I'm just going to use the word crystal. That's that's the film crystals in there in this film, crystal meth. Yeah, this film yeah just doesn't make a lot of sense to be honest. So when he gets knocked out again after falling on the church roof, he wakes up in his own bed somehow. I guess he with Chaz. With Chaz, the guy that drives the truck recognizes him from his power many stuff products yeah. and tr- and apparently then knows where he lives. So he drops him. It's creepy, well, isn't it? He is the richest man in town. Ten states. He's the richest man in ten states. Oh, wow. I wouldn't want anyone to know where I lived if I was that rich. Ten whole states. Doesn't it say which states it is? But it's (laughs) ten of them. It's the house with the big fucking nuclear power plant next (laughs) to Everyone knows where it is. (laughs) Bearing in mind, if it is Cali, isn't Silicon Valley there? So he must be fucking minted. Mm, There you go. So he wakes up in his own bed. Uh, He gets told kind of his backstory since he forgot everything by his butler and uh, the whole time he's having an existential crisis of he's <laughs> Santa but he's not really Santa and he's this rich guy his like staff are trying to get him back into his fighting thing that he did at the start for fun again but he's having none of it and he's just sad well, Hogan the whole time because he calls the yeah. he calls the orphanage because if he wakes up and he's like oh, no the kids and they need me and stuff so he calls the lady that runs the orphanage Leslie and but the bad guys managed to intercept this phone call at that exact time yeah <laughs> and yeah they managed to intercept the phone I feel like we've missed a bit because my notes are not in the right Hack order the planet now. so yeah and play him a concocted voice message of her being like fuck off leave us alone don't Through come the anywhere gas, near man. us Villain. Which is why we are sad. And then Hulk. Oh no, maybe my notes aren't in order because I've got. I don't know. Does he, is that when he crushes up the mobile phone, or is that later? No. Well, yeah, he does. Slightly he, later. He, he he hears. Oh, slightly later. My notes are in. He eventually hears Evil Frost gives him a call and it basically uh, says stuff. Bad things are like, oh, we're gonna take the orphanage, blah blah. blah. And then he gets angry, crumbles up his phone, and heads to the orphanage. Meanwhile, at the orphanage. <laughs> the bad guys are in, right? And they get the kids and go down to the catacombs and they go like, we're going to make you mine. <laughs> yep, we're going to steal your orphanage and we're going to make you oh, mine the crystals. Child labour in a Christmas home is not what I was <laughs> expecting. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> it's 
Had you not? No. Normally I'd be bang on that shit and be right against them, but I totally didn't. It really passed me by. What are they mining? Um, the crystals? They're mining yeah, the crystals. That's what they're going to mine, the crystals, yeah. But they're going to try. I've also got a note that I don't know where it's come from. <laughs> My brain. Because it's in between. So there's, I've written Santa, you slay me, and how there's sexual tension between him and the doctor. Yeah. But I don't remember where that bit oh, is. Yeah. Is that when they're on the phone? Yeah. It becomes oddly sexual towards the end. Yeah. It's like, weird. Oh, Santa, you slay me. I'm like, uh, okay. They are literally 1960s Batman villains. Yes. They are legitimately like 1960s yeah. Batman villains. <laughs> that chief scientist guy, the main villain, or not that big boss, but like his yeah. Yeah. matey, reminded me of Rick Mail. Yes. Yeah. He did a bit. <laughs> Just a really... I can see that. ...shitty impression. <laughs> So they're going to make the kids mine for the crystals. All three of them. All three of them. And put them in the hands of what seems to be something very precious. And let the kids fucking do it. doesn't make any sense. And that one kid already dropped one. (laughs) And the kid dropped one. (laughs) Yet the kids just break them. Fucking, oh my God. Anyway, so Hulk is going to go save the day. But before he gets to save the day, the fucking greatest police force, Reno 911, turn up. And they now block Hulk on the road and they get a bazooka (laughs) (laughs) to shoot him down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For a traffic violation. For a traffic violation. I know they keep calling him terrorists, (laughs) but it's just a traffic violation. There are more terrorists than him. I don't know. They why kept they talking kept about, about them being terrorists. terrorists. I mean, Hulk did use salad dressing as a, as an oil slick That's and protein on, powder though. like a mist. No, this was oh before the Oh my god! Oh, this is a bit in the in the chase. Yeah, I forgot. In the chase, he turns back into his asshole character again, doesn't he? He's a bit more tongue in cheek about it. Yeah, he goes back into yeah. like posh. Oh, I got my products. I'm like, oh no, he's back. <laughs> oh yeah, bazooka. Yeah, all all police forces have one. Yeah. Trying, they're just trying to kill like people in a car yeah for not stopping when the cops are behind them yeah but that's because they're terrorists was it before 9-11 was it before 9-11 when 97 2001? yeah, yeah this was, was long before 9/11. Four 9-11 yeah. yeah so oh they were still angry about terrorists back then never mind well either way they the best police officers in the world completely miss the car manages to dodge a fucking rocket somehow hits the other police officers car and blows up and that's where all the budget went on this film is that fucking car blowing up yeah <laughs> and he gets away because the police are like once again the greatest in this place no wonder there's so much terrorism going around with Santa's sounds like a big terrorism as well rather than little it's terrorism quite big terrorism yeah Santa eventually ends up at the orphanage and taking down each of the supervillains. Can we talk about how they get into the orphanage? Yeah. Yes, please. I can't remember. With their Home Alone door handles. Yeah, they connect the car battery <laughs> with oh, jump God. cables to the door handle then oh, knock on yeah. the door. Yeah. So yeah. the guy opens the door and then gets shot across the room. <laughs> yeah, that classic trick. <laughs> For fuck's sake. I don't, when did Home Alone come out? 90... Four? Yeah, Home Alone was 1990, so they are literally Home Alone door handles. It does feel like a lot of copycat Home Alone kind of stuff in this, but yeah. There's a bit when he meets a Electro Hand Girl, and that gets sexual, because she's like, I hope I haven't been naughty this year, and then he goes, 
I'm going to mow you down or something. I can't remember exactly. He says something. I'm going to mow you down? No, he says, I'm going to slay you. Probably. He says something like that. I can't remember the exact quote. I have to find it. But he says well, something like that. Well, there's a bit like later that. on with the kids, the kids and Leslie. And Leslie's talking to the doctor and she's hitting on the doctor yeah, to get the, the kids out of the way. It's all a bit. Yeah. Why does everyone have to be sexual in this situation? We're trying to steal some crystals from an orphanage. There's no time to be sexual (laughs) about this. When he rescues the kids, he gives the boy a fire extinguisher. He he then fires it at someone and says, See ya, wouldn't want to be ya. Want to be ya. (laughs) Except the guy he fires it at doesn't move. Why would you say see ya? He's not going anywhere. Neither of them are. They're just in front of each other and he's just sprayed him with fucking fire extinguisher. This whole thing is a mess. (laughs) <laughs> have either of you been? Have you either of you ever been sprayed with a fire extinguisher? No, I can't. Imagine Not in the fun. face, in like the oh. body. Yeah, I was on a train once, and some kids nicked the fire extinguisher and sprayed a bunch of people with it. Wasn't as funny as it is in movies. Nah. Oh, <laughs> kids! Excellent tangent. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. I thought we hadn't had one in a while. They just, we haven't, in fairness. They destroy the the Mister Vile, the gas guy. By um, <laughs> oh the stink with his stink gas, <laughs> ripping out one of his like <laughs> tubes from his methane tank, shoving it in his face, and then taping it up, and then he explodes. Also, one thing about him, you know, when they when they eventually break into the orphanage, mm. they use gas when they get in to gas the kids. Right? What yeah. does this gas do? Well, it says stink gas when yeah. they when oh, they put it sake. into his. Don't they say his hazmat suit and tape him up. It they, literally says stink gas. They are on the, the worst villains of all time, aren't they? Then they say it's methane at the beginning when they're torturing that they guy do. by the balls. Yeah. Oh yeah, we, we forgot about we that. Forgot about that. <laughs> but when they introduce the villains, they've got some guy tied up upside down and they torture him. Because they want his shoe shop, don't they? Because they want the whole town for the crystals, and yeah. they're trying to get him to sell his shoe shop. He's holding a briefcase. No idea why. Oh yeah, <laughs> sorry. Dad's dad's gone. It's so fucking stupid. <laughs> they are like shit Avengers, though, aren't they? Oh, I love it. It's so that was stupid. a voice note I sent you. I said, I don't know why any of this is happening. It doesn't no. make any sense whatsoever. It sounds it's... like a lot of my weird dreams strung together. Yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah, just it like a combination <laughs> of just things that don't really mix. But yeah, movie scripts, you know. And we'll slap a Christmas hat on it. I still can't believe the guy from Wolf on Wall Street produced this. <laughs> I'm still puzzled by the whole thing. Anyway, uh, getting back to it. So, yeah, he takes Annie Supervillain, and then uh, Lenny the Elf eventually gives him back his wallet, and he's like, here you go, Blake, Mr. Thorne. And he now has his identity back, and his ID, and his American Express, and all his credit cards and everything. <laughs> and his fingerprint. With, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No fingerprints there. So, there's a twist to this film that I didn't see coming. And it turns out... <laughs> no one saw this coming. <laughs> I saw this coming. Why does this need to be in the film? But anyway, it turns out that Hogan ends up learning that Frost, you know, the most evil bad guy, or the head of the bad guys, were in this orphanage way back when, and they were best friends. How did he not know that's where he grew up? Amnesia. He's been twatted on the head a few times. Yep. No, but no. He, it sounds like he didn't know from before. Yeah. Because he probably blocked the, it out. 
It's, an, it's a repressed memory. He wouldn't know. It, it wasn't a bad orphanage. It's, it was probably only him and the bad guy there. They had the run of the place. I, I don't like the the point. Like the point that derives me insane is why do they have to have some sort of connection? Like, why is that they needs don't. to be a thing? Oh, they're best friends. Oh, that must mean they uh, have a... Con- no, they're not brothers. Um, <laughs> like, it doesn't... There's no reason it, for it. It makes for good film, in theory, not necessarily no, in this case. No, it just makes you, like, we must have a twist. What do you want the twist to be? Oh, we'll just shove this in. It literally feels like that. Like, it's... Yeah, but that's what it is. I know that's what it is, yeah. but I'm trying to... I'm. I'm saying how much I disapprove of it that's the point I'm not saying it's like that's our point with this it's like it's shit this is shit it's bollocks anyway <laughs> so they were best friends when they were back in this orphanage surely they would known about the catacombs oh that's maybe why they knew about the catacombs that's cause... why they knew the code ah it all makes sense oh. now doesn't it and that's why Come he on. knew what was underneath it um, Come on, so Hogan and Frost I know Frost. it's the end of the year but come on <laughs> It's not even a metaphor. Merry Christmas. Uh, stop paying attention, I think, by <laughs> um, this point. They, so Hogan and Frost in the catacombs end up having a lightsaber battle with some crystals. <laughs> Stupid. They already with know they explained. Why are they and everything? doing that? Yeah. <laughs> it's just so silly. Yeah, they end up having this battle. Uh, the, the crystals, uh, they have the battle. Uh, Hulk wins, obviously, but the crystals end up exploding or starting to explode in the catacombs. So everyone has to evacuate. They run out of the building, and the whole orphanage and church and everything just goes down in a heap because of electrical currents from the from the crystals in the bottom of the underground, deep yeah. within the foundations of the <laughs> yeah. Yep. What? Let's go with it. Exploding crystals. Right, exploding crystals. Mila, Mila Kunis the, explained that they explode at some point because she's the super The crystals smart. exploded and it blew up the orphanage. It's not fine. Yeah. They, they explode crystals and yeah, that's fine. So now the orphans definitely don't have anywhere to go to and they're everyone's just homeless at this point except for one man and that is, of course, Hulkster who decides at the end of the film he's just going to let everyone just live at his pad uh, until he well, gets until he gets sick of them. <laughs> that was it. I out. was like, okay, of course he's going to take the orphans in. There's three orphans. There's Leslie and Clayton. Clayton. There's, and only, the, there's only five of them. And they Lenny? go to his house. Lenny's there, yeah. and like a bunch of other kids. Yeah, where the <laughs> fuck did they all come from? Did you create more orphans? Maybe he started like, his own what? orphanage. Why? Is that what he done? He started his own orphanage, which didn't no, get it's explained. The same but they day. didn't have. He wouldn't have got a license for a new three orphanage orphans. on the same day. He's Hulk Hogan. And there was only three in the whole town. Yeah. Where did the rest of the orphans come from? Unless it was the kids of the evil villains, I guess. Nah. Because now they're in jail. Nah. But I don't think that's kids how that works. Kids of the evil villains. What? <laughs> Where oh did he get all these kids from? I don't know. His kids turned up at his house and were like, hey, Santa Claus is Hulk Hogan. Right. The weirdest part is that he's got a telescope that looks into the prison yard so they can watch the shitty scientists <laughs> oh do work. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Like an alarm so goes off silly. on his watch, and he's like, "Oh, better let's have a look, shall we? Oh, let's see what's happening." It's yard time. Let's look it's at the world's weird. worst supervillains in action. Oh, also, my God. why is his house that near a prison? It's an yeah. easy target, isn't it? Maybe that's why he's know. got to deal with the military shit with his staff. I don't, yeah, I, they're always escaping. I, I'm just gonna say, it, and that is <laughs> Santa Claus. Uh, Christmas uh, sorry, with San- muscles. Santa with muscles. Christmas with muscles. Yeah. Fucking hell, Penny, what did you think? It was alright, I actually didn't hate it. 
Like I didn't I didn't really watch it. I was kind of playing shit on my phone while I watched it. But I thought it was going to be like Animals United bad. And if it had if he'd have been posh Hulk Hogan from the beginning, I couldn't have that would have been Mental. a struggle breaker. Yeah. I'm also really tired this week. So maybe I just don't feel anything anymore. So that's why I didn't get annoyed. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, it did not need to be a Christmas film. It could have just been a film. It can have a... Ooh. Can have a three out of ten. Ooh. It was almost a four. Don't know why I changed my mind, but it's a three out of ten. So generous. Andy? Yeah, I mean, it was quite dated. It wasn't great. It was wooden in places. The highlight was that it made me want to watch Beethoven. Don't know why. <laughs> Just really wanted to watch Beethoven after this had finished. That's a proper well, 90s film. Isn't, isn't, isn't there a couple of Beethoven films? Like yeah, three. the first one. Yeah, but that's like. The first one is good. The second one, yeah. Beethoven has a girlfriend and they go camping. <laughs> I haven't seen. Oh, I might have seen the third one, actually. I can't remember. I love that you know this. I love that I think you the know third this. one, they have puppies. I feel like there's a fourth one's like. Like, you know, there's a Home Alone 3 yeah. and 4. I feel yeah. like there's a couple of Beethovens like that. There are, yeah. I think the third one, they have puppies. I'm not sure what happens at the fourth one. But yeah, the second one, Beethoven gets a girlfriend. Anyway, back to Santa with muscles. It was... I mean, it was... A film. <laughs> I can't it. even say absolutely just say fine. It, just say it. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't absolutely fine. That's no, the it was below it. I'm pretty <laughs> It wasn't as bad as Tiny Hercules was. No. Um, and that's kind of what I was expecting it to be so it was better than that but it was still pretty fucking 90s apparently the tagline according to IMDB was he's naughty he's nice and he's coming to save Christmas have you seen the description on IMDB it's fucking awful Um, so the description on IMDB says (laughs) hang on hang on hang on an evil millionaire believes he is Santa Claus after an accident renders him amnesiac. Yeah. Yep. Is that... Did I read that right? Yeah. I don't think he's an evil like millionaire, though. He's an no. arsehole, but he's not he's an evil arsehole. millionaire. Yeah, he's not, like, as evil as the evil guy. That we, no, wow, he's not a scientist. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's just not a, a safari man. He's a bit of a prick who fucks around. Anyway, uh, I'm going to give this a three. I would have given Beethoven a seven. <laughs> Yeah, I it, it it does make sense. It's funny that it doesn't make sense though. It's kind of got that charm about it, but it's such an unbearable watch for most part. Um, I don't know. Like if we were all sitting around with a few bevs and had it on, it'd be a bit of a laugh. It's a new rating. Be one system. of the most depressing Christmases I've ever had. How many alcohols would you all need? Right. Five alcohol, three weed, any of these to watch this film. I would give this couple a of, couple of weed would be nice. I think this is one a, meth. This is it? definitely a nine <laughs> weed <laughs> to enjoy. Nine weed, no. Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, I but, didn't. I didn't like it, but I didn't find it unbearable. See, now I think maybe I'm just being because generous. what you guys have made me watch <sighs> that have been unbearable, and now my my I've seen worse. Is what movieometers all screwed up? Yeah, I, I mean now worse. now I think I'm being like generous because Penn didn't dislike it and has given it a three and I'm like well should I lower my score then but we all know Penn's scale is it's just seven is, yeah, seven is average yeah five is bad but three she's is never bad. given higher than an eight <laughs> so yeah well you're sticking to it then three three for you, I'm sticking you. with a three yeah, yeah. Okay. use your own scale leave my scale out I have this. my scale goes one to ten five is average like every fucking other person in the world 
This film is is fine if you can put up with its shortcomings, which there are many. That's the best way to describe it. It doesn't make a lick of sense. It is just flat out stupid <laughs> a lot of the times. But I did. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. And you did say a couple of times you were like, I loved this bit. I yeah, loved so. a lot of bits in it, and I didn't hate it that much. So I'm going to give a... Um, <laughs> I'm going to give a... Th- I'm going to give it a three as well. Interesting. That's how... Three, three, three. It's not often we're all, on, all across the board. Yeah, with a film like this, thank God it's a award-winning... Well... It could be award-winning. I don't know. I don't know if it won any awards. I don't know if it made any money. Fucking doubt it. Either it's, way, it's uh, got a two point six IMDb oh, rating, and Jesus apparently Christ. the worldwide gross is two hundred and twenty thousand one hundred and ninety-eight dollars. It's not good. The, I know the original author's draft was changed so much that he had sued to have his name removed from the film. This wasn't the oh, first draft. This was no. many drafts. Mm-hmm. Wow. And also, so many Belfort. people looked at this. Jordan wow. Belfort shared a jail cell with Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Oh, there's a very upset person on uh, IMDb. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and then you will reach for the nearest dull razor or butter knife on your property and attempt <laughs> to gouge your eyeballs out. Good. Well, should we close us close the show then? <laughs> You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Unusual Suspects Pod and on Twitter at Unusual Podspect. I'm uh, at Penny underscore photo pit. <laughs> I'm uh, Dan I don't use Twitter that much these days. At Choices21. So there is no film out of the hat, just to make everyone aware there's no film out of no. the hat. We'll go back to film out of the hat in the new year. And we'll announce what we'll be watching in the new year. Do um, we want to refresh our lists? We will be refreshing yeah, our lists, and I will be going to these two and telling them for new films because we've gone through quite a bit. So we need some refresh, and so we're going to look at our lists and make sure we pick ones that are going to be very interesting to talk about. Some good, some bad. We've mainly specified that we will put bad ones in there. We will put, Yay. we'll mix it up a bit. Um, sorry for everyone if they just prefer listening to good films, but yeah, we got to put bad ones in. It's not that kind of podcast. I'm just putting bad ones in. It's just bad ones. Fact, he starts putting more I'm to not. go in. Um, but next week is our Christmas special. We will be Ooh. somehow talking about Christmas films of the best of our abilities. Some good, some bad, and it will be technically our last one of the year. But we will be doing a best of. Uh, the week after so the episode 29 or so so and then we'll we'll come back to what we're doing in the new year we'll let you know but yeah lucky you lot so December 23rd is our final one for Christmas go listen to that that's next week and we hope you have a good pre pre Christmas Pre pre Christmas is a that P- a thing? What's a pre pre Christmas? PPC. Christmas week, I guess it's a Christmas week now. When this comes festive out, festive coming- period. Festive period, you know. I don't. Um, the phrase festive period. I hope you have a good festive period. I don't like it. Yeah, I hope you you find someone under the mistletoe. <laughs> I hope you get the right stuff in your stockings. I hope the person under uh, the mistletoe isn't on their festive period. Hopefully you don't get amnesia <laughs> and think that you are Santa Claus and end up taking down a group of siblings. Or Hulk Hogan. Or Hulk Hogan. You know, just have a nice relaxing Christmas. It's been a tough year, but uh, 
have a nice Christmas. You know, this is you're going to need to say all of this again next week when it's I, actually. The I know, Christmas episode. Yeah, but I have to next week deal Jenny with your sister. You. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <yeah. laughs> Got two minutes to interrupt you next week. I have to deal with fucking three people. I, I can barely deal with these two. I've got to deal with Damn, another one. We could we could take the week off next week and they'll just talk to each other like bollocks. <sighs> It'd be like a very like yeah. smooth jazz conversation. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> You can't you can't leave the two of us alone. We'll get to we'll end up talking about shit that nobody else understands and it won't be any good. We need someone to rein it in. So what you're saying is you need me to call you both out for being dickheads. No, I just so mean if Jenny starts Thank talking you. about if she overcooks sweet corn, will it turn into popcorn? <laughs> and I Which and is... I ask her how she's cooking it and she says in a pan like scream. It just gets a bit like we've known each other a long time. Well, it, it gets a bit like clicky and no one knows what we're talking about. If that isn't a teaser for next week, I don't know what is. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to episode <laughs> twenty seven. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just add an E on the end of that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>